Hi, Bridgewater. We're coming off a year in which we got to watch God work in incredible ways. 2023 brought so many opportunities to get involved in what God was doing, and we were able to capitalize on so many of them. If you want to rehearse some of what we watched God do in 2023, you can check out that message at bridgewater.church messages. One thing is clear coming off of 2023, and that is that God has given us so many blessings and entrusted us with so many resources. Let me zoom in and name a few of the blessings and resources he's given us this past year. We saw 91 people respond to the gospel message and make the decision to trust Jesus as forgiver and leader. We got to baptize 117 people, and we got to hear their stories of how God changed their lives. He's allowed us to invest in and influence 1,281 individual kids who attended Bridgewater Church in 2023. He's given us financial resources. We finished the year on target financially, and God's people at Bridgewater brought in over 2.6 million dollars. We even saw over $300,000 given in Vision 2023 offerings. He's allowed us to have an impact on so many people. We averaged 1,898 people in attendance last year. On top of that, many of you took your next steps of faith and grew in your relationship with God. Now, allow me to zoom out and talk about the big picture things God has entrusted to us. He has uniquely positioned us to be a blessing to those in need both here and around the world. He's given us influence in our communities and beyond, and we've been entrusted with the most important message in the world. Though we are great sinners, Jesus is a great Savior. It is this truth that changes lives and this truth that fuels our growth to become more like Jesus. But what do we do with all those blessings and resources? How should we respond to all of it? Just celebrate and enjoy it? Relish the fact that God has changed our lives? Come together in weekend services to celebrate God rescuing us from sin and then meet in small groups during the week to learn more about His Word? Yeah, maybe. But is there more? Is there something more we should be doing? In other words, what should we do with all that we've been given? To answer that question, I want you to consider this $100 bill. Financial expert Dave Ramsey says that $100 a month invested from age 25 to 65 becomes $1,176,000. Now, some would argue based on interest rates and investment types that the more realistic amount is like $650,000. But the point is, when you invest it, it grows. What you have, you invest. If it's not invested, it will never be anything more than what it is. And at Bridgewater, we're not interested in just holding on to the $100. We want it to become more than it is because that's the kind of wisdom and work that Jesus is looking for in his followers. Now, our mission is clear, making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. But I want to talk about our vision, the vision of what we want to see happen as we invest the resources God has given us. So I want to look at some words Jesus said. And while there are a number of things Jesus said that motivate us, this year, the words Jesus speaks in Matthew 25 are ringing in our ears. Here's what he said in Matthew 25, 29. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now, last week, we concluded our final countdown series, looking at what it takes to live ready for Jesus' return. And here in Matthew 25, in a parable designed to help his followers be ready for his return, Jesus makes an interesting point. 
he uses the illustration of a man who had three servants. The man gives five talents to his first servant, two talents to the next, and one talent to the third. Now the first two servants saw a 100% return on their investment. The third servant didn't invest his talent, but buried it and had no chance of seeing it grow. The man ultimately took this talent away from him and gave it to the one who would invest it. The point is simply that being ready for Jesus' return involves more than playing it safe and simply holding on to what you've been given. It demands the kind of investment that produces results. And this pleases God. You see, 85% of churches in the United States of America that believe in Jesus and preach his word are declining. It means they're not reaching people and we do not want to find ourselves in that number. Just in 2019 alone, 4,500 Protestant churches in North America closed their doors for good, while only 3,000 Protestant churches were started. That's a deficit of 1,500 churches. So this is why we think God is not done with us yet. In light of all he's blessed us with and entrusted to us, we expect to see a great return on our investment. We refuse to bury what we've been given in the sand, and we desire to invest in people's lives. And if we do, we believe we'll see evidence of that investment growing in specific areas. And I want to share with you what we're asking God to do with the investment we're making this year. This is the kind of return we're praying God gives us. Let me show you our goals for 2024 and invite you to join us in pursuing them. First, we're asking God to use us to save 100 people. This means we're faithfully committing to share the gospel of Jesus personally and through our ministries and weekend services. We're also praying uh, that we'd be effective at coming alongside you to better equip you to share Jesus with the people you know. I'm urging you to consider how you can become more involved in sharing the gospel of Jesus with people. Second, we want to see 125 people take the next step of baptism. This means we're going to be urging people to take this next step after trusting in Jesus as their forgiver and leader. Wouldn't you want the privilege of having the kind of spiritual influence on someone's life where they choose you to be the one who helps them take that next step? Or maybe you've trusted in Jesus as your forgiver and leader, but haven't yet taken this step to be baptized. This is your year. Third, we want to grow in generosity and see our general fund giving increase by 10%. We think you're missing out on being a part of what God is doing through Bridgewater if you haven't yet joined us in giving back to God. God has been so generous towards us, so this is what we do. This also means that your church leadership is committed to directing the funds to meaningful and worthwhile endeavors that make a difference in people's lives. How can you take a next step in trusting God with your finances this year? Every contribution you make makes you a part of all God may do. And we don't decide what God accomplishes with what we give. We just decide what we give. And in light of all God has done for us, we're excited to trust him with our finances. Fourth, we want to see weekend service attendance increase by 15%. Did you know that over the last decade, our church has grown by 14.8% each year? And last year alone, we grew by 18.3%. This means you are doing the work of praying, investing, and inviting. That is praying for, investing in, and inviting the people you know to join you in coming to Bridgewater. We love to partner with you in helping you reach the people you know. We've worked to make our services accessible and relevant as we strive to communicate God's word clearly and accurately. But we only reach this goal if every one of us is a minister where we live every day. 
So we wanna help you grow where you're planted. We wanna come alongside you, helping you more effectively reach the people in your world, workplace, and community. This means we're gonna double down on helping you invite people to join us in coming to Bridgewater services, small groups, and events. If God is working here, why wouldn't we want the people we know to experience it and be a part of it? So we're gonna prior prioritize serving our communities and coming together for worship. Remember that every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. Okay, last ones here, and, and they're tied together. We're asking God to help us multiply people who serve within Bridgewater, growing our volunteer base by 100 people. And along with that, we're asking God to multiply our reach by launching another service, gathering, or campus. This means we're working to develop more volunteers for roles in the church, to see a new community reach, to influence a new school district, to see more lives changed. Did you know that since the launching uh, back on October 22nd, we have seen four people trust in Jesus as their forgiver and leader in our Hancock community gathering? You see, we have a vision beyond the walls of our current facilities and beyond the boundaries of our communities. We think Jesus was serious when he said, to whom much is given, much will be required. So in light of all the people and material resources he has given us, there are investments to make. And again, we're talking about vision, a vision for people in your life who don't know Jesus to become followers of Jesus, a vision for those in your workplace to lean in, to hear what you have to say because you live out your faith in such a winsome and attractive way, a vision to have a vibrant, growing community of faith in communities where it's lacking, a vision to creatively participate in what God is doing in the world. A vision to ask and expect big things of God while we innovate and take risks. A vision to see exponentially more people jumping in to become a part of what God is doing among us by serving, giving, praying, investing, and inviting. The question that remains is, do you want to be a part of that kind of investment? Why not join us? What will all this mean and how will this look at your Bridgewater location? You'll hear next about the specific opportunities that lay ahead for you to join in what God is doing at Bridgewater and how you can make an eternal investment in 2024. So church, today we are looking to answer this question, both in the video and in what I'm going to share. We are looking to answer what, what does God want to do in and through our church in 2024? And how can we be a part of it? Um, and that's the question that we're looking to answer. So glad that you joined us this morning, whether it's your uh, first time or you've been around for a while. We're glad that you're here. And as I said, if it's your first time, uh, you get to listen in on a little bit of a family talk uh, and see, I hope, the heartbeat behind what we do and why we do what we do. Here from Josh, where we're headed as a church, and I want to kind of break down for us what that's going to look like at, look like at our campus. But before we get there, I want to look back on what we saw God do at our campus in 2023. 2023 at Halstead, we saw 14 people make Jesus their forgiver and leader. That's 14 people who got rescued from enemy territory and brought into the family of God. That's 14 eternities that are forever changed. Anna, Josie, Jason, Leah, Renee, Joe, Karen, Michelle, Lacey, William, Aubrey, Zach, Brittany, and Elaine. That's right. 
We saw 16 people take their next step of faith and get baptized. Say to the world, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I, I want the whole world to know that. Josh talked about the 327 plus that was given towards Vision 2023. And at our campus in Halstead, we had a donor that wanted to do a, a matching donation of up to $10,000. And I want to let you know that you guys gave that and more. Um, you actually exceeded that goal. And so I'm so thankful for that. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do with that money as we invest it in kingdom impact projects and initiatives. At our campus, we ended the year with a 13.5% attendance growth over the previous year. That's 13.5% more people who are exposed to the good news of Jesus or who found a church home. Now, you might hear all that and think that's just a bunch of numbers, but each of those numbers, they mean something because they represent real people. Real people who found hope in life. Real people who've taken their next step. They represent real dollars given to kingdom impact things. You heard Josh say it. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. And every story matters to God and it matters to us. We could be here just all day sharing stories of what we saw God do just past year, this past year, let alone the years before that. And all of that happened in a year where we lost our campus pastor in the middle of the year. Matt and Olivia had, had been here for years, serving you, serving us, the people of Halstead campus, and we miss them and so appreciate the years that they had here, but God decided it was time to move them on in June, and all of that continued to happen. You may not know this, but typically when a campus pastor or a pastor leaves, attendance, giving, all the metrics take a downward spike but we just haven't seen that here, at least not to that extent. What we've seen is God continue to bless us as we pursue the mission that he's given us. We've seen more people continuing to show up and be exposed to the good news of Jesus. We've seen more people continuing to take their next step. And I have to say, as the one who's been tasked with Steering this ship in this time of transition, it has been a joy for me to watch all of you lean in when some people might want to abandon ship. It's been a joy for me to watch our leadership team lean in and ask, how can we serve? How can we help? What needs to be done? All of you are still around. You've leaned into what God is doing, which tells me that you are not here to follow a personality or a preacher. You are here because you believe God is at work and you want to be a part of that. And so what I want to do for the next few minutes is lay out for you what I believe God is leading us into this year. Again, what is God up to in this year and how can I be a part of it? Josh laid out some goals for our church as a whole, and I want to uh, lay out some goals for Bridgewater Halstead, and I want to start with our share of those uh, corporate, if you will, goals. We're praying and asking for God to save 20 people at Halstead this year. We know there are many people in our lives, our friends, our neighbors, our family members, who still need to respond to the good news of Jesus, and so we're going to pursue them this year. We're going to go after them. We're going to pray, invest, and invite. We're praying for 20 people to take their next step and be baptized. 
We know there are people who have not yet taken that step, and so we're going to provide opportunities, like actually next week, for uh, baptisms to happen and for people to take that next step. We're asking God to continue to bring more people to call Bridgewater Halstead home, because we know that there are many without a solid gospel presence in their lives, and so we want to be that for them, or even help them find that at another solid church. We're asking God to continue to allow us to be a generous campus, giving back to our community and to our church as a whole. We don't want to just meet our needs and be okay and keep the lights on. We want to give back to our community and to our church. When this campus was started and when it was young, many people from Bridgewater Church gave so that we could uh, get off the ground and so that we could be in this building this morning. And so now we want to be a part of doing that for other communities that do not yet have a gospel presence. You heard Josh talk about our Hancock community gathering that started in October, and our friends, uh, Pat and Kim Simmons, who used to be a part of what's happening here, are helping lead that there, and in the first four or five months, they've already seen four people trust Christ. And church, we believe there are more communities like that that we could be involved in, and that's going to require money, and that's going to require people to serve, and people to fill in when we send people, so it requires all of us to lean in to what God is doing. Halstead, we want to see three new small groups started this year. We believe that life is better connected, and so we are always looking for more ways to get people connected to one another and to the Bible. And so we've got more people who need to be connected into a group, and guess what? That means we need more groups, which means we need more leaders, and we need more hosts. And so maybe that is what God is calling you into this year. We want to see every new believer, everyone who trusts Christ as their leader and forgiver, taken through foundations, that's a discipleship tool that we have created where somebody who's been walking with Jesus for a while uh, takes along, uh, comes alongside somebody else who's a new believer and uh, talks them through some of what that looks like, what life with Jesus is like. And so we'd love to see every single new believer taken through that. And maybe God is calling you to be one of those people to take someone else through that. For our leadership team, we have a, a couple of goals that we're chasing. The first and probably most obvious is that we want to find a campus pastor this year. I hope to have an update on that search for you soon, but for now, that couple that I talked to you about last month is still in process, and we are continuing to move forward. And I want to take this opportunity to um, address the question. I've had some people ask me why I'm not looking to become the campus pastor, and what I want to say is that I just don't believe that that's what God is calling me to right now. It's not that I don't like all of you. It's not that I don't want to be here. So I just don't think that's where God has called and gifted and enabled me at this season in my life. And I do want to make it clear also that when we do get to the point of uh, presenting a campus pastor to you, you're not choosing like between the two of us or one over uh, the other. Again, I'm not going anywhere. I'll let you decide for yourself if that's good news or bad news. Um, but I, I don't plan on going anywhere. I would just be going back to being the assistant pastor and continue to serve you here. I love the people here. I love being a part of what God is doing. And while I've greatly enjoyed this time of being the interim campus pastor, I just don't see the campus pastor spot as what God has called me to or gifted me in this season for. Some other goals that we have for our leadership team, um, one that I had was that I wanted to replace myself as the student ministry champion. And this morning, I actually get to announce that that one is already completed. 
um, because my friend Shane O'Connor has agreed to lead that ministry moving forward. Um, And so I'm so excited for Shane and for Laura uh, and for them as they continue to lead our students uh, moving forward. You see, I I serve centrally as the student ministries director, and what that means is I help oversee that at all of our campuses. Um, And so one of the things I've been trying to do is replace myself there so that from time to time I can travel to those other campuses and be a resource and encouragement to them. Um, And so I'm thankful for Shane and for the team here that it's going to enable me to do that moving forward. The final goal I have for our leadership team is really partly a goal for myself and any campus pastor that we would hire, and, and that's that we would prioritize the spiritual health of our leaders. You see, it's really easy in church leadership, leadership to get really busy with church work and then end up neglecting your own walk with God. And what I want to do is make sure that I at least make that difficult for anybody who's serving in leadership here. I'm a firm believer that if you aren't growing, you are not going to help anyone else grow. You might complete some tasks in ministry. You might be able to make a program run, but you're not going to help people take their next step in their walk with God. And so before any role we play, I want myself and our team to be close to God. I want our families to be glad that we serve here and not resent us or be envious of the time we spend on it. I want our children, I want our wives or our husbands to be just uh, full of joy that we get to be a part of what God is doing here. And while I can't control all of that, I can create a culture on our team where we prioritize our own spiritual health. And so I've got some things that I'm going to looking to implement this year to make sure that's a priority. And the last category of goals I have for us as a campus is really what I would, I guess I'd call culture goals. These are the, the types of, uh, these are things that really describe the type of campus that I want us to be, the type of church that I want us to be, and really the type of church that I think you want to be a part of. First, I'd love us to see even more involved in our community. I think we do a great job of that. I'm not saying that we're failing at that. I just wonder if there's not more community events that we could be involved in. If there's not other ways that we could serve those outside these walls. It's a question I find myself asking, and I would love for us as a church to be asking, how can we be involved in our community? Secondly, I want to prioritize attend one, serve one. This is a phrase that we use with our volunteers to talk about attending one of our two services and uh, attending one and serving in the other. For those that serve on a Sunday morning, we want to make sure that you are able to attend a service and then, uh, then and serve in one so that you actually have an opportunity to be ministered to and not just be serving all of the time. And now I know this is not feasible for some. Uh, for example, it wouldn't really work if our worship team is just like, you know what, second service, we're just going to sit, right? I don't think you guys want to see, hear, uh, listen to me sing a cappella, right? So that's, that's not something we're going to be doing. But where it is possible, we want to give everyone the opportunity to be ministered to and to minister because you can't pour out if you're not being filled up, right? So we want to make sure that that's a priority. Third, I want to keep encouraging those of you who call Bridgewater home to come early, to park far, and to sit close. Now, if you're new here, this, this isn't for you, but if you are... Uh, if you would say Bridgewater is your church and you're committed to being a part of what God is doing here, some simple ways that you could inv- get involved in what God is doing is to come early so that you can talk to people before the service, to park far so that you leave those close spots for people who are new or people who are running maybe a little bit late, and to sit close to the front and to the middle of the row so that um, people who are new don't have to uh, do that awkward run- walk to the front and so that we have, make sure that we have enough seating for everyone. You see, we're going to have some services where we're maxing out our seating capacity. In fact, at Christmas time, we were pulling folding chairs out of the back. 
And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that we fill from the front to the back, from the middle to the side, so that we can maximize that seating. And what's behind that is that we want to make sure that we are an outward-facing church, looking to serve those around us, even in what might be simple ways, like sitting a little bit closer to the front than we might personally feel comfortable with, because we know that it's not just about us. There's other people, other people who haven't yet found a church home, and we want to make sure they have a seat. Fourth, I would love for us to be a part of getting that 100 additional people serving at Bridgewater by recruiting a fully staffed kids ministry and guest services team. I know all of our areas probably could use people, but I know those two in particular could use some more people serving. And maybe God is calling you to take your next step and start serving this year. Then finally, I want to continue to be a church that is inviting. I want us to be intentional about inviting people in our lives to come and see what God is up to here and to continue to invite them into a relationship with Jesus. And so as a staff, as a leadership team, we're going to work to supply you with invite cards that make that simple as well as create an environment here where somebody who's uh, not really been to church before can walk in and feel like they're seen, like they're valued, like somebody cares about them while also being invited to take their next step towards Jesus. And under this, I actually have a specific goal. I'd love to see 1,500 people invited every time we do a series-specific invite or a a event-specific invite. And that might sound like a crazy high number, but I did the math, and based on our average attendance, that's actually only about five invites per person. And so that's not as crazy as it might seem. And really, my heart behind this is that I'd love to see every person in our community be personally invited not because we want to grow our numbers, but because we have been uh, charged by Jesus to grow the kingdom. I coached junior high soccer at Blue Ridge, and one day after practice, I was hanging around for a few minutes, and I saw a student who uh, had come to youth group here a few times, and so I started talking to him, and I went to hand him an invite for one of our events. I don't even remember which one. And as I went to do that, he's like, I already have like three of those. And, And I've come back to that moment a few times since, for, for two reasons. One, that's amazing. <laughs> I really love that he had already been invited multiple times. And two, I'd love that to be true for every single person in our community. I'd love everyone in the Halstead, Great Bend area to be personally invo- invited to be a part of what God is doing here by somebody that is here. And I want to be clear, I don't lay this before us because I think we're failing and we need to get at it, but to... Uh, to call us to continue, to call us to keep at it. Clearly something is happening if the student's already been invited multiple times, right? But I think it can be easy to sit back and just rest a little bit, to take our foot off the gas, especially in this time of transition. It'd be easy to say, you know what, let's wait until we get a campus pastor, then we'll get fully in gear, and then we'll start, no, 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 we cannot wait. Time is running out. People are in desperate need of the good news of Jesus, and we have it. We want to give it to them. And so we are not holding back. We are not waiting. We are moving full steam ahead because Jesus has given us a mission that is far too important. So to help with these invites, we have created an invite card holder that you may have noticed by the door on your way out. And that's got everything from series-specific to generic to kids' ministry to student ministry invites, um, all kinds of stuff in there. And you may have noticed that we intentionally put it underneath our celebration wall, which has those lights for salvations and for baptisms. And that's to remind us that 
those invites are how we continue to fill that thing up, that we can become a part of life change when we pray, when we invest, and when we invite. We can be a part of what God is doing here. There was some research done that concluded that about 82% of people who don't go to church are at least somewhat likely to attend if someone invites them. I think people are far more likely, far more open to an invitation than we sometimes assume that they are. And so we want to be a part of, of inviting. We want to be an invitational church. And I don't have a way to track that 1,500 number, I know that, but I want to lay it before us and see what happens as we pursue people who are far from Jesus. On your way out this morning, you're actually going to get one of those series-specific cards. Next week, we're going to start a series called Let's Stop Pretending talking about our relationships and and how we are called to treat each other. We're even going to get into some difficult topics like conflict and abuse. And so I'd encourage you to take these and not only for you yourself to come back, but think who are some people in my life who could use some help with their relationships? Answer everyone. Um, But who, who are some people in my life who could use that, who I could invite? Okay, so I just put a whole bunch of goals before us. These are things that I want us to pursue as a church as we seek to make more and better disciples. There are things that we're going to pursue this year to make sure that we are about the mission that Jesus has for us. Josh went to Jesus' words in Matthew about the importance of investing what God has given us. And we believe that these goals are our way of investing the opportunities and the money and the people and the time and all the the resources that God has given us. This is how we can invest it in things that truly matter. And as we close, I want to turn to another passage that I think will help us frame this year and what we're asking God to do. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If not, it'll be on the screen also. And and here, Paul is really rebuking the Corinthians for how they were following a certain personality over following Jesus. And he says something that I want us to take into 2024. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 4. When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. So Paul is saying, look, it doesn't matter who does the planning. It doesn't matter who the pastor is. It doesn't matter who first shared Christ, who first invited them, who got to actually lead them to Christ. What matters is that it is God who does the work. And church, as we head into 2024 and we look to accomplish these goals, I want to remind us that many, maybe all of these goals, are only possible through God showing up and changing lives. We are utterly powerless to do that. We can create an environment that encourages and readies for that, and that's what these goals are designed to do. But if God doesn't show up, we're in trouble. If God doesn't show up, there's no way we can accomplish these goals. And that is actually exactly where we want to be is fully and completely dependent on him to do his work. And so here's what we need to walk away from this passage with. You see, we plant and water, but God makes it grow. We do the work, 
of watering and planting the gospel in people's lives, but God is the one who changes lives. And these goals that we've laid out this morning are our way of being faithful to plant and to water the seeds that God has given us. But then, after we've done that, we have to rely on God to make it grow. You might be sitting here this morning and thinking, you know, these are a bunch of man-made goals. And you'd be 100% correct. There are a bunch of man-made goals designed to pursue a God-given mission. It is so easy in church sometimes to get wrapped up in churchy activities and end up neglecting the main task that Jesus left for us. And I would rather make some mistakes in our attempt to be faithful to water and to plant than to be sitting on our hands as people are dying around us in desperate need of the hope that we have. Are these goals perfect? Probably not. But they're an attempt to be faithful to plant into water. We want to make sure that we are faithful to do our part and then wait and pray and beg God to do his. He is the one that brings the growth. So back to our question, what does God want to do in and through our church in 2024 and and how can we be a part of that? Church, I believe that God has big things ahead for Bridgewater and for Bridgewater Halstead. I think the best is actually yet to come. I think there's more ahead than behind us. And so we are not going to just look back with longing. We're actually going to look forward in anticipation because we serve a big God and he has a big mission and he wants to change lives in our area and he wants to use us to be a part of it. And so we're going to look forward to this year with anticipation and and here's how we can get involved in that. We can keep leaning into what God is doing and continue to take our next step. I don't know what that might be for you this morning. Maybe it's starting to serve. Maybe it's giving for the first time or starting to give consistently. Maybe it's beginning to pray, invest, and invite. Inviting people into a relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's upping your game in one of those areas. Maybe it's something else. But here's what I know. When we are faithful to plants and to water, God is going to make it grow. So church, this is what we're going to be about this year. It'll be about planning and watering and making sure that we are faithful to invest what God has given us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your church. God, it's incredible to stop and think about all that you've done just in the past year. God, as I I read those that list of names of of people who trusted you this year. I think of stories. I don't just hear numbers. I think of my friends who are now a part of the family of God. And God, we know that there are people in our lives who aren't there yet. And so God, we know that you're not done. We know that you have big things ahead for your church and for this campus. And so God, we ask that you'd help us to be a part of that, to take our next step, to continue to walk with you and to be willing to follow you even when it feels a little bit scary, even when we're not quite sure what you're doing, even in this time of transition where we're waiting on what you're gonna do with this campus pastor role. God, help us not to hold back. God, help us not to stay back in fear, but to move forward in courage because we follow a big God God, thank you so much for Jesus and that he makes life change possible. It's in his name that we pray, amen.